All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's got sports. Geo friend holding it down as always. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just wish I was a little more tech savvy. Yes. I wish I was a little more like you and Gio and Fran. Oh, jeez. The bar's not too high. If you want to be like me, I'm not too tech savvy. But well, That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. That's the problem. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> lies the rub. <laughs> um, Rick Delgado, how are you? I am well. Thank how was this show last night? I was at my son's uh, basketball game. It, 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 I thought I thought it went well. It was a little, you know, eh, eh, you know this. The, it's been we, a tough week. Yeah, it's been a tough week. Exactly. It's hard. Yeah. Two but, hours to figure out what. To, there's so much. There's just so much. Yeah. Rick Amorati, how are you? Hey, Big D, how are you? Very good. What's coming up in sports tonight? Anything big? Well, we got NHL uh, and NBA updates, obviously, on the playoffs. And, uh, well, Indy 500 this weekend. Going to be on Monday, actually. Going to preview that. And the match is coming up as well. And uh, don't forget, Friday Night Rodeo from the great state of Kansas. Okay, very good. Um, Looking forward to all of that. So getting back to what we were just saying, that's kind of the thing, right? I guess the, the what was it the second the the next day, I was watching more maybe it was the day of. I don't remember, but if you followed me on social media, I said this two nights ago, not last night. I wasn't here the night before. That something just didn't seem right in even Governor Governor Abbott's press conference where dummy Beto O'Rourke showed up. That one, when he went through the. When he went through the story, there was one clear moment that jumped off the TV at you if you were paying attention, and that was when he said that this kid got out of the car with a rifle and a backpack and was, his words, engaged by a police officer. And then he jumped right to, and then he, the kid entered the school. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, what happened with the police officer? You're walking towards an elementary school wearing all black and a mask and a and a and a, and a, and a AR-15 and a backpack. I don't think the conversation was like, "Hey, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, the kid's not late for class, right? What? How does he not engage with fire?" So that immediately didn't make any sense. And I I don't know how many iterations of the story we've had since then. I wasn't n- totally in tune with everything yesterday. But clearly, it didn't make sense because that was nowhere near the truth. Is that my understanding now? Yeah, that's what that it seems would be correct. So there was a lot of stuff yesterday, and I'm sure you guys covered some of it on the show last night. Yep. But um, the Wall Street Journal had a had a headline: "Uvalde shooter fired outside the school for 12 minutes before entering." I don't even know if this is true. This was yesterday in the Wall Street Journal. Top, top of the fold headline, local residents express anger and frustration as police detail new timeline, new timeline of mass shooting. 12 minutes? I hadn't heard that anywhere. That governor didn't talk about that whatsoever. Right, he shot at people at the funeral, funeral home, home. Yeah, then right. shot at the school itself, 
right? I yep. mean, that yep. should he should have been down there and then, 12 he, minutes. He, he was engaged with an officer, they said, at first. But that's not true, though, right? But that wasn't true. That 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 never happened. That part they confirmed yesterday never happened. That wasn't true. Yeah, the, the captain said that on you know the presser. Right. We have a new timeline that was introduced today, but I believe that particular officer was responding to a call and intercepted a teacher who he thought was a suspect. So he wasn't actually at the school. He was like a, a around the block or something. So I have a video that I watched this morning of Brandon Tatum who a lot of you on America, uh, Real America's Voice will know. Former police officer, I believe former SWAT team member in Arizona, Phoenix, I believe, is his hometown. where he, And he's now has his own radio show, obviously, and he's been on Real America's Voice with Dr. Gina, others. We, I wanted to get him on today, but it was just too, too many moving parts to do it. But he put out a video this morning because he's obviously been in these situations. And I really think it's worth getting his perspective. I want to show some of it to you. You haven't seen it. Um, but before we get to his take, as a, as a police officer SWAT team member, he has a different insight to all of this and some of the things that certainly I had not thought about. When hearing all of the incoming now of these stories, what the police did, what they didn't do, what police were doing what, Parents angry at police. What was going on in the outside? Were those? He covers all of it from a perspective that you, you may not agree with any of it. You may agree with every single word. I think it is worth the listen. But before we get to that, let's go through some of what we know tonight. So let's go cut one G. Um, latest timeline, I guess, from the authorities. There, roll that. At eleven twenty-seven. We know from video evidence, 1127, the exterior door suspected of what the, of what, where we knew the, the shooter entered, Ramos, was propped open by a teacher. 1128, the suspect vehicle crashes into the ditch, as previously described. The teacher runs to the room 132 to retrieve a phone, and that same team, teacher walks back to the exit door and door remains propped open. There were two males, as reported by Regional Director Escalon yesterday, there were two males at a funeral home that when they heard the crash, they went to the crash scene. When they arrived at the crash scene before they got there, they saw a man with a gun exit the passenger side with a backpack, and they immediately began running. Ramos began shooting at him, did not hit him, One of the males fell when he was running. Both males returned to the funeral home while they're running. And then again, we see through video, teacher reemerges inside the school in panic and apparently calls 911. 911 call at 11.30, if there was a crash, man with a gun. 11.31, the suspect reaches last row of vehicles in the school parking lot. 11.31, the suspect shooting began at the school while patrol vehicles got to the funeral home. I'll point out where it is. Crash vehicles over here. Suspect hiding behind a vehicle. Started walking down, shooting into the classroom. 
There was a discussion early on that an ISD, consolidated ISD for Uvalde, had officer, was a resource officer and had confronted the subject. That did not happen, as R.D. Escalone talked about yesterday. It was certainly stated in preliminary interviews, but often these preliminary interviews and a, a cursory walkthrough doesn't reveal the type of information, and certainly you know, police officers, like anyone else, under stress, sometimes witnesses get it wrong. But the bottom line is that officer was not on scene, not on campus, but had heard the 911 call with a man with a gun, drove immediately to the area, sped to what he thought was the man with a gun, to the back of the school, what turned out to be a teacher, and not the suspect. In doing so, he drove right by the suspect, who was hunkered down behind a vehicle, where he began shooting at the school. Eleven thirty-one. The suspect shooting in between the vehicle is when it began. While patrol vehicle gets to the funeral home, multiple shots are fired outside the school at eleven thirty-one. Patrol car accelerates in the parking lot, drives by the shooter. That's exactly what I was talking about. The, it was the ISD officer at that time. He passes and then leaves the camera view. There's multiple shots fired at the school at eleven thirty-two. At eleven thirty-two twenty-seven. At eleven thirty-two thirty-six. At 11.33 is when the suspect entered the school at the door that I'm pointing to now. At 11.33, the suspect begins shooting into room 111 or 112. It's not possible to determine from the video angle that we have at this point in time. We do know this, that he shot more than 100 rounds based on the audio evidence at that time, at least 100 rounds. He entered at 11.33, or 11.33, he started shooting in the classrooms, 111 and 112. At 11.35, three police officers entered the same door as the suspect entered. All three of those police officers worked for the Uvalde Police Department. They were later followed by another four, a team of Uvalde police officers, three, and also a, a, a county sheriff, county deputy sheriff. So a total of seven officers were on the scene. The three initial police officers that arrived went directly to the door, and two received grazing wounds at that time from the suspect while the door was closed. 11.37, there was more gunfire. Another 16 rounds was fired at 11.37. One at 11.37 and 16 seconds, 11.38, 11.40, 11.44. At 11.51, a police sergeant and USB agents started to arrive. At 12.03, you know, officers continued to arrive in the hallway, and there were as many as 19 officers at that time in that hallway. At 12.15, we know that BORTAC members arrived. Not the entire BORTAC, but members of BORTAC, along with Shields at 12.21. The suspect fired again, was believed to be at the door. At 11.21, law enforcement moved down the hallway. At 11.50, they breached the door using keys that they're able to get from the janitor because both doors were locked. Though both of the classrooms that he shot into were locked when officers arrived. They killed the suspect at that time.
Wow. Wow. What a timeline. What a timeline is right. Think about, think about those times. When you think about when he says they proceeded now with shields, and that, that is a huge part of um, Brandon Tatum's take on all this. And that was flat that they just, they were undergunned, they were underarmed, they were under everything. A town of 16,000 people, he says, and I'm going to play it for you because he says it way better than I can paraphrase it. Um, he says if this happened in Phoenix, it would have lasted three minutes. He said because we have anything we need. We would have been in there flashbangs in, three, in five minutes. It would have been over. And you hear him saying, and, and I thought of that when he says they had to get the keys from the janitor. Yeah. Because they had nothing that they could breach a locked door. They had with. nothing, period. They had nothing, period. Which is, we'll explore a little more here tonight. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started. Glad you're in. Lots to do, sports news. Brandon Tatum's take, which I think is really worth a listen. Oh, when we get back, Crazy Town coming up too. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Welcome on in to everybody on Getter. Chat's fired up tonight, as always. Although, do you ever watch the chat and think that they're just having their own conversation about something? Just... Oh yeah, yeah, they're ripping. They just rip their like, and it, 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 it sometimes it sounds like like Talking you're about at food barbecue or recipes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, everyone's just hanging out, looking at a hold down. Yeah. I don't know. Seems like they're, uh, we're like the background. <laughs> we're like the background. Noise. And then you try and scroll up and be like, what food are they talking about? What yeah. were they cooking? Ah, I can't find it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. except for when Little Sweet comes on and all the girls go crazy. Yeah, speaking of Little, <laughs> little Sweet. Did you call him Little Sweet? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Little Sweet, let's have him do sports. And here with, uh, oh, here with sports is Little, <laughs> little Sweet. sweet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I get that all the time. At Slick Rick Sports, Rick Amorati, what's going on there, Little Sweet? <laughs> all right, Big D. Well, gee, can we fire up the odds makers current update there? Whoa, look at that, even Steven. There we go, Big D. Golden State Warriors eliminate the Dallas Mavericks with Game 5 win. Return to NBA Finals for the first time since 2019. Well, by the end of the night, you're going to be right back down because the Celtics are going to end this tonight right now. I don't know. I think Tyler, my hero, is going to come out and play yeah. a big game tonight for the Miami Heat. They're going to force okay. a Game 7 in Miami. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. But Golden State. Good win last night, 120-110 over the Mavs. With I've the, had with, such a good feel for the NBA playoffs. I thought Dallas was going to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> and then once they lost the first three, I said they're going to get swept in four. And, of course, they won game four. So I've had such a good feel for these games, yeah. Yeah, well, Steph Curry uh, won the inaugural Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals Trophy MVP, which we talked about last week on the show. Very impressive-looking little trophy. And he had an all-around performance in the Western Conference Finals, averaging 23.8 points, 7.5 assists, 6.6 
rebounds and 43.9% shooting from three-point range in the series. The Warriors are in their sixth final in eight years. The first team to do so since the Chicago Bulls from 91 to 98, led by Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, that, Pippen, that great Chicago team. So, uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, Steph Curry, you know, good to see Clay Thompson back. He came back from a really, really difficult injury, tremendously long rehab. I thought Ernie Johnson was going to start crying last night. Yeah, it yeah, like it's very right. emotional. And you see Charles, he was ready to throw a coffee mug at the fans, too. Yeah. He, got, he got up on the set. They were harassing him because, obviously, he was very vocal about rooting for the Mavs. And, uh, anyway, they were throwing T-shirts at him. He got up. He had a coffee mug. He was ready to throw it. And Kenny Kenny said, Kenny Johnson said, sit down. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, I um, saw it. Charles thinks he's in the UFC all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, Chuck. Anyway, uh, Celtics uh, head home uh, tonight looking to close out. Top-seeded heat. Uh, Boston has a 3-2 conference finals lead, uh, this time over top-seeded Miami. Miami with uh, Game 6 set for 8.30, tipping the TD Garden. Uh, All-Star Jimmy Butler over the past two games, he scored just 19 points while shooting 7 of 32 from the field. They're going to need to get him going, and I'm certainly going to need to get him going if I think I'm going to win that three grand in that series. And Kyle Lowry has basically disappeared. I know he's dealing with a hamstring injury, but uh, he's really sorely missed. So we will see what happens, but uh, yeah, big day. NBA heating up. We're getting ready for the finals. And uh, speaking of uh, heating up playoffs, NHL, Hurricanes takes Series League with three to win, one win over the Rangers in Game Five. Adam Stites, a yard barker, reporting the Carolina Hurricanes are up, are still undefeated at home during the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs after the three to two win over the Rangers. Uh, Carolina and New York traded first period goals, but the Rangers couldn't get the pack pass, the puck pass uh, goaltender Antti Ranta uh, for for the remainder of the game, with the exception of a second uh, period goal from Ryan Strom that was disallowed after a challenge showed the Rangers were offsides. Boy, Rangers had this year of offsides of uh, of uh, disallowed goals in the playoffs. And while the Hurricanes haven't lost at home, the team hasn't won on the road either. Prior to its Game 5 victory over Carolina, Carolina lost back-to-back uh, games in New York that ended up the uh, in, uh, making the series to 2-2. Game 6 will be played back at the Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Winner of the series will take on the Tampa Lightning, and the Edmonton Oilers eliminate the Calgary Flames in five games to advance to the Western Conference Final. The Oilers were uh, one goal away from closing out second-round Stanley Cup Series against the Calgary Flames in Game 5 on Thursday night. Uh, Wood, Woodcroft uh, went into his gut and swapped Zach Hyman for Evander Kane on Edmonton's top line with the great Connor McDavid uh, and uh, Leon uh, Dreisel. So the gamble paid off. That line ignited, and Dreisel set up McDavid for the overtime game winner that sent Edmonton, Edmonton to its Western Conference Finals appearance, first appearance since 2006. Long time. And uh, West Round 2 tonight, Avalanche in St. Louis to take on... The blows. Uh, Colorado uh, leads that series three to two, and the winner of the series will face Edmonton in the Western Conference Finals. So heating up, Big D there. But I'm going to throw it back to you and uh, balls in your court. All right, very good. Uh, Slick Rick, pucks in my court, maybe. Pucks yeah. in my end of the ring or whatever. That's it. Um, all right, let's do some news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? So- I got this. Uh, this article is from ABC News, but it's talking about how Uvalde officials hosted an active trainer, an active shooter training two months before the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, two months before uh, Tuesday's mass shooting in Uvalde uh, that left 19 children and two adults dead, the school district hosted an all-day training session for local police and other school-based law enforcement officers focused on active shooter response. Um, the uh, it said the first this is a quote uh, first responders to active shooter scene will usually be required to place themselves in harm's way, um, according to the online um, posting of of the protocol. 
Uh, time is the number one enemy during the active shooter response. The best hope that innocent victims have is their officers immediately move into action to isolate, distract, or neutralize the threat, even if that means one officer is acting alone. Now, relatives of the victim and of the victims and neighbors uh, of Rob Elementary School are raising questions over how the police officer who first arrived on the scene handled the situation, including whether they followed their own training. At a press conference on Friday, Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McGraw acknowledged that the officers on the scene miscalculated what was unfolding, failing to go after the gunman sooner. Um, Cut three, G. Speaking since Paul just talked about it, roll that. Hey, with the benefit of hey, with the benefit of hindsight. Hey, the benefit of, hey, stand by, stand by, hey, stand by, hey, stand by, right? I got it, I got it, okay. Hey, from the from the benefit of hindsight, where I'm sitting now, of course it was not the right decision, it was the wrong decision, period. There's no no excuse for I that. I like it the way he's But again, I wasn't yeah. there, but I'm just telling you, from what we know, that we believe there should have been an entry at that as soon as you can. Hey, when there's an active shooter, the, the rules change. It's no longer, okay? It's no longer a barricaded subject. We don't have time. You don't worry about matter primers. And by the way, Texas embraces active shooter training, active shooter certification, and that that, doc, that doctrine requires officers. We don't care what agency you're from. You don't have to have a leader on the scene. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where those rounds are being fired at and keeps shooting until the subject is dead, period. Hmm. Well... I'll just tell you, I mean, and you can judge for yourself when I play for you, Brandon Tatum uh, disagrees with that. He says, you're being funneled into, a, I think he calls it the funnel of death, when there's, when there's one hallway to, and you're taking fire when you open the door. So again, I'll let him address it. He addresses it way better than I do, having experience doing it. But um, I think he would, I don't want to put words in his mouth either, but I think he would disagree with Colonel McGraw saying it was the wrong decision. And now maybe that's not the right way to say it, wrong decision, or maybe there's another way for them to go. I don't know. But going in the same door the shooter went in, if you look at that drawing, when the, it looked like he went in and it was immediately first left was the two classrooms that were tied together. If you open the door to the school and you're taking fire, you know, I'm not, a, uh, yeah. So he go, you go in and he's immediately there in 111, 112. I mean, again, he, I'll play it for you in the next segment. He addresses this, exactly. And he's got a term for it. And he says, what, what do you do when you open the door and you're taking, fire, you're taking rounds? And you don't have the equipment you need. Again, if this happens in Phoenix, he's opening the door and going in because he's got uh, ballistic uh, protection, whatever, he, you know, whatever it is. These guys had nothing, nothing. It's like, it's like what's going on with the parents wanting to go in. And everybody understands where that comes from. As a parent, of course, we understand it. You, you would have opened the door and your head would have been on the ground. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I know, like, you know, I try to immerse myself ego-free with this stuff, but I, I think I would have overreacted and went in and got killed. You absolutely would have. That's it, exactly right. It's what the, it, And I was thinking about this today. It's like they do it in fires. They don't let people run into fires they they hold you back and let the fire department handle it because they're the ones that are equipped. i like it right didn't we like it into right? a fire yesterday yeah. i will uh we'll play brandon tatum when we get back
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. So we're going through some of the newest video, newest updates. And obviously a lot of this revolves around police officers. What happened as we get these new timelines? Clearly the other day we said something didn't make sense. Clearly it didn't make sense. And a lot has changed. Uh, we just heard Colonel McGraw talking about it was wrong for officers not to enter the school immediately. Uh, we just heard the new timeline. We now have been read some of the 911 calls that were placed. And everybody's question is, why, what, what happened here? Why so long? Why these long spans of time? Why, all, why everything? Everything is getting questioned. So I saw this video this morning from Brandon Tatum, who's been on Real America's Voice many times on Dr. Gina's show, other shows, former police officer, former, I believe, SWAT team member in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, from his perspective, I believe this was maybe yesterday, so, or maybe it was this morning. Um, from what he knows, I want to play some of this for you because I think it is worth a listen. You may agree with all of it. You may agree with none of it, but I think it's worth a listen. Every single person that came out and said, them officers are cowards. They cowards. They didn't do nothing. They just, they just left the, let the kid die for 40 minutes. They just sat there. You, I know, use your common sense. And a lot of people who are not in law enforcement, they don't know what they're talking about. I told you, and I said it in a tweet, I was on a plane today and I just did my three-hour radio show, so I couldn't make a video yet. But people, conservatives out here, quick to jump on the bandwagon, just like the left. You see a video out of context, and, and, and you, just jump, you just jump on the police. It makes me sick to my stomach. People do not understand tactics. They don't understand tactics. When you see a video, because I was on a SWAT team, and we trained with Bortac, so I was on the SWAT team. And when I see officers there with the parents, I understand, because I know policing, that these are officers that are on a perimeter. These are not officers that are actively engaged. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't be asking for SWAT asking for board tech and you and you don't have an eye on the school you don't have containment set up you don't know where the shooters at you got to stop watching stuff of course the parents are going to be upset even if the officers are doing what they're supposed to do they're going to be upset the children are in there they're willing to get shot in the middle of the hallway to save their children that makes sense to them but ladies and gentlemen the the, the truth is out there they had a press conference today, and the press conference was very clear. This kid shot his grandmother. He went to the school unobstructed. There was no police chase. There was none of that. He shot his grandmother. He went to the school, wrecked the truck in front of the school, jumped out of the passenger side. After he gets out the passenger side, he gets a rifle and a bag. He sees two people across the street from the school at a funeral home. He shoots at them. He goes on to the, he jumps a fence, he gets onto the campus, he starts shooting at the school building first. He's, he's not confronted by anybody. He walks into the school, unobstructed, and they got the video and all of this other stuff that the, that the investigators are looking at, and they're attesting to this in the press conference. He goes into the school, he starts shooting. The local police, 
the Uvalde uh, 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 school police, multiple agencies show up within four minutes, and they are exchanging gunfire with this guy. They're receiving gunfire. He's shooting at them. They're trying to go into the school and rescue, but they're getting they're getting shot. And anybody that know anything about tactics, this guy has outpowered them. They don't have enough. They don't have the guns. They don't have the ammo. They don't have the the resources, the shields. They have nothing. They cannot advance on this guy who's actively shooting at them with a rifle. This is not the military. You can't just have cover fire. You got to see what you're shooting. And if they don't have a clear target, they cannot shoot back at him. So while they are trying to get additional resources and they're tempted to make entry, but he keeps shooting at them. They do not have the equipment. They can, they, they're outfired. While they're getting the resource together, they're evacuating kids. They weren't just sitting there. They weren't in the parking lot, hanging out, tickling each other's booties. They're evacuating teachers. They're evacuating students. While this guy's cornered and they're getting shot at. Now, about an hour later, which you guys would understand if you knew how they deployed tactical teams from all around the state. It took some people about an hour to get there. Once the tactical team got there with a shield, with tactical gear and all of that, they were able to force entry, go right in and kill him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's easy to run your mouth about who should have did what and what and what. You, people do not understand ballistics. Police officers at the scene initially were not equipped for what they were facing. They had no chance. And, and if you ask me, they did the best that they can, and they saved a, a tons of kids' lives. They saved a ton of, a ton of kids' lives. And according to the, the, the uh, information, most of the shooting happened right at the beginning. Most, I think all of the shooting happened right at the beginning. So, you know, it just makes me mad that these, that people have come out against these police officers and didn't have the information. There's tactics, ladies and gentlemen. You need equipment. You need shields. Do the shooting two, two, three rounds, five, five, six, seven, six, two. They're gonna go through you like paper. And you got a little handgun. Pow, 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 pow. Once you empty out 16 rounds, you're done. Maybe you got a mag on your hip. You, you, 30 rounds, you're done. He, he, this guy has an AR dumping 30 round mags like he's going with a bag full of ammo. But some of the people who ain't never been in any tactical situation, who ain't never been a police officer, are none of this. They say, you, they should have just ran in there. If you can ID the suspect, you can gain entry, you're not receiving gunfire, then you do have a tactical advantage to go into the school and eliminate the threat. But if you are actively receiving gunfire, what are you going to do? You're going to turn into Superman and the bullet's going to bounce off of you? If you're getting shot... You ain't finna save nobody. You know, and, and, and some people say, oh, get your own kids. First of all, the police were saving kids' lives during this whole time. They were evacuating people. 
But for all the parents that think you're going to run into school and save your kids, that guy would have gunned you down. Now, I, I see why parents would feel that way, but you ain't going to make it past the hallway. You're in a what they call a fatal funnel. There is one little hallway that is the entry point, and you're going to get killed in the hallway. Now, I see why parents are upset. Any parent on here would be upset and wanting to save their children's lives. But to come out and say uh, the police officers were cowards, you're wrong. You know, this is not fantasy world. You don't just show up at the scene and, you know, you weren't there. You weren't there. Somebody said the school has like 20 entry points. You can't go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the smart one, right? All these cops showing up, they, they, they don't want to do they They just, they sit, they sitting in the parking lot. All the cops just sitting in the parking lot chilling. Hey, come on, man. Like, you got to have more common sense than that. Just take a step back. If you hear something that's juicy, like I always say, if it's too juicy, just take a step back and say, you know what? Let me let some more information come out before I start saying that these cops just didn't do nothing because I looked at a video. I've been there. I, I've been in situations like this, not, not to this extreme for sure, but I've been in situations like this. Like, you know, you just, just ran in there. Okay. You, you, you can run in there when, when you, if you hear shooting or you hear somebody down the hallway or like Parkland where the guy is not engaging with you, you go into school, you get, you know, you get yourself behind cover Get yourself behind cover, work your way up, and then it's life or death. If you open the door and he's shooting you, he's shooting at you, but you're not going to mysteriously be able to run into the school. You're taking, you're taking rifle rounds. Uh, but you, some people have never shot a rifle before. They have no idea what I'm talking about. That's, a, you know, the kid that barricaded himself somewhere. They could not get to him. They did the best that they can. It appears that he was only able to get to one classroom. And a lot of other kids were evacuated. They saved lives. It's a difficult situation. You have multiple agencies coming together. that don't. They probably don't even communicate with each other. Most of them probably don't even know what they're walking into. There's only, probably one dispatcher. I don't know if they have a regional, if they get on a regional channel. But some of these agencies do not, cannot communicate with one another, which is a thing that we should be considering improving on, potentially, if that's the case. This happened in Uvalde. I've never heard of Uvalde. 16,000 people live in Uvalde. Like, this is a complicated situation, very difficult situation. And if the parents, I mean, listen, if somehow the officers had not responded and engaged, Clearly, they got there before the parents got there. If the parents would just own it, parents would have already been in the school. Police had responded immediately, and they were able to secure the parking lot and everything like that. Like you're not you're not looking at cops just sitting around with a kid in the school shooting. You're looking at a perimeter team. Let me explain that perimeter team real quick so people can not be confused. 
there's a such thing called when you set up, when you have an active situation, a shooter, hostage negotiation, any of those things, you have to set up a, a perimeter. You have to set up a green zone. What is a green zone, ladies and gentlemen? You, you got to set up a place because if the kid just barricaded himself in the school without shooting anybody and he was in the school and he wanted to negotiate, meaning that he just wanted to kill himself, he didn't want to hurt anybody, you're going to have to have a place for a command post. You're going to have to have, have a green zone for other students that get rescued. They have to go somewhere safe. And you don't know if there's multiple assailants. You don't know if there's copycat shooters. You have to have a safe green zone for people. And that's got to be done by officers. All right, let's pause it right there. We'll finish it when we get back. Uh, any initial thoughts? You know, look, I mean, when I first saw this thing, I said, uh, when I first heard it, I didn't want to take the news in the night it happened, the day it happened, or the day after. I wanted to wait for things to come in. And even when we were speculating on it, you know, the last few days, it's just been hard to do so because I want to wait for more info to come in. And I think he's made that clear. All right, we'll discuss what we've seen so far from Brandon Tatum, obviously a former SWAT team member and police officer, when we get back right after this. Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a Friday night. I think um, we'll talk more about Brandon Tatum at the top of the hour. Plus, we'll finish it because he makes some really important points coming up, too. Uh, in the video that he put out this morning as a former SWAT team member, tactical uh, SWAT team, and obviously police officer, seen a lot of this, understands it, certainly understands what he's watching when he sees some of this video here, some of this reporting. Um... And even though it seems simplistic, what he's saying, I mean, I think you've got to look at this in the right frame of mind, and it's hard to do that with so much emotion, obviously, involved with this story of what these police officers in this little town were facing and what happened and why the timelines were what they were. So we'll get back to him. We'll get back to the guy's thoughts on what we've seen so far. But let's do a little news, and we'll do some sports. We'll start with news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? So Education Secretary Miguel Cardona insinuates Jim Banks wants to exclude kids by discussing biological realities. This is from the Daily Caller. Education Secretary uh, Miguel Cardona um, you know, made that accusation during a congressional hearing. Uh, Banks asked Cardona whether Biden administration supports biological boys competing against girls in sports. Banks also questioned whether Cardona believes such policies were in direct conflict of Title IX. Um, the first clip, I believe, you know, gee, I think we have this first clip right here. If we could roll that one. 14, G, it's roll a it. simple question. Just answer the question. You either, the administration either supports it or you don't. If you're saying, do I believe transgender uh, girls should have access to sports? Yes, I do. No, somebody so said. You, 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 you and this administration support biological boys competing against girls in sports. And you don't, and, and furthermore, you don't believe that that's in direct conflict with Title IX. 
Sir, I, I see where your questions are going, and I'm going to be very clear with you. Our transgender students need to feel supported, included, and seen. And uh, your your line of questioning is, is even by by describing it the way you're doing it shows me that you don't uh, believe that all students should have access to act, uh, to the extracurricular activities that schools provide. See, see how he gaslights the answer, straw yeah, man. Total answer. total gaslighting. Yeah. Exactly. He won't even he won't even debate he can't even debate the issue. He can't even answer the question. Nope. He, he won't even say biological male. He won't even answer the question. Banks was clear. You think biological Are you saying that I don't want those children to feel safe or not allowed to play sports? I didn't say that. I said I like them to play with their same gender. Right. Yeah, he, he I don't want exactly. I don't want a biological male exactly. destroying my daughter on a softball field, right. sliding into home. Yeah, he's he won't engage. He'll just gaslight, just gaslight banks, gaslight the situation. It's and it gets worse. It gets worse. So, uh, in another line of questioning, banks question whether the U.S. Department of Education believes that school districts should keep a child's involvement in gender transition a secret from parents. Fifteen so answers this one. Roll it. Do you believe that school districts should keep a child's involvement in gender transition a secret from their parents? Sir, I, I would love to answer questions on the budget, which is why I'm here. And I, I, I think what, what I'm so gathering... Mr. These are policies that your administration stands behind. You're asking me to fund your budget. And these are policies that you stand for. It's completely relevant to why you're here today. It's a simple question. Answer the question. Do you think the schools should keep it a secret from their parents if their children are involved in gender transition? Parents, listen, parents and schools must work together to support students, and I do strongly support, and if you look through the work that we've uh, supported and, and our policies and our practices, we want should, parents- Should schools parents. ever keep that a secret from parents? Excuse me? Should schools ever keep it a secret from parents if their children are involved in gender transition? Schools should always- should that be a secret from parents? Schools should be partnering with parents in communication, and there are times where schools uh, are working and supporting students on issues that are very sensitive. Uh, but I do believe that parents should be connected with schools. And in many cases, um, working together is what's going to help the student. I have spoken to students who've shared um, whatever situation is at the home that they felt safe uh, at the school. And we have to be careful not to um, try to turn this into something that it's not. Our schools are safe places for our students, and our teachers are often the frontliners when it comes to supporting students uh, when they have issues uh, in, in their lives. That's a very bizarre answer. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Well, Miguel Cardona is a professional liar, so it's not that strange of an answer when you're dealing with a professional. It's like dealing with a mob boss or something. They're, they're very well trained in deception and lying. So he's, he, you're not going to get him. You know, you can barely get these guys who are that devious and that good at lying. You can, you can barely get them to even look or feel uncomfortable. They're so comfortable in their lying. There's nothing you can ask them that's going to throw them off. They're just going to do what he did. He's a professional. Yeah, all ends justify their means, right? Mm -hmm. They don't care. He's a professional liar. And just think of the, the arrogance that comes with this, right? That they think that they should be more important than the parent over the ch- child's mental health. If they really believe that they are more important to the children than the, than the parents. Well, they think they own the children. Yep. Right. We, we, I mean, they yep. said that's not your, you're not yeah. your kids, right? When the right. kids are with you, that's your, 
Right. It's a safe space I mean, for Biden the kids. I said that, yeah. It's yeah. a safe space for the kids unless the parents come poking around asking questions. Then we got to hide everything. And according to Eric Swalwell just the other day, by the way, schools are not safe. Any parent who's teaching, t- telling their kids that they're safe, which right. flies kind of in the face of what he just said, but of course, you never make the connection because it's two completely different conversations. Which just shows you they just use whatever language they use to whatever at the time they're talking about and fits whatever narrative they're trying to get across. That's what the truth is for the day. Yeah. That's it. So that's what the truth is. Whatever they need to say right now, now is what the truth is. So, all right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow. Man, great deals for Memorial Day and Father's Day already. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Use our code LFS6B for... I mean, it's like 10% off, 15% off, up to 60% off some items. Some are buy one, get one free. I mean, it's crazy. So our page is great. LFS, uh, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Go there, buy something. All right, what's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Friday night at the rodeo. little light on the rodeo this weekend due to Memorial Day. However, we do have the Beef Empire Days PRCA Rodeo, Garden City, Kansas, the Finney County Fairgrounds, Steel Wrestling, Laramie Warren, 4.4 seconds, Team Roping Leader, Jake Clay and Billy Jack Sabins, 5.5 seconds, Tie-Down Roping, Wyatt Mugley, 10.7 seconds and bow racing Tacey Matthews 18.28 seconds and uh, that's a wrap on that on that particular rodeo we also have the Will Rogers Stampede in Claremore Oklahoma the great state of Oklahoma the Claremore Stampede Arena bow racing leaders Lisa Lockhart 17.61 seconds and that's all the results I have in right now for that rodeo and uh, switching gears let's go over to the French Open day 6 Novak Djokovic and Coco Goff and as long with Rafa Rafael Nadal all cruise to wins earlier today. This is Yahoo Sports staff reporting. Rafael Nadal made quick work of Botic van de Zandeschlup in round three of the French <laughs> Open on Friday. Who did he make quick work of? Zandeschlup. Let's see. Botic van de Zandeschlup. Hey, I got that right the first time. Sounds Don't like make something me from Young Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> is he at the Davos Conference? <laughs> Stein or Stein. Yeah, wasn't he running the Davos Conference? Exactly, G. Exactly. In straight sets, 6 3 6 2 6-4 advanced to round four. Nadal considered the king of the clay. Did not disappoint in the contest. He's won over 91% of his matches on clay courts. Novak Djokovic cruises to victory in round three. The top-ranked men's single player had no issues in round three of the French Open. On Friday, Novak Djokovic cruises to win over Aliaz Bedin in the third round of the tournament. Djokovic did not drop a single set, winning the match 6-3, 6-3, and 6 Two, uh, Coco Goff moves into the second week of French Open. Experience was not enough for Kaia Kanepi to uh, take down Coco Goff during the third round of the French Open on Friday. Goff, 18, was able to defeat Kanepi, 36, in straight sets. Big D, that's all the time I got. Back to you. All right, very good, Slick Rick. Thanks. Um, so we'll get back to Brandon Tatum. Uh, Rick Delgado, I didn't ask you before, although you only have about 20 seconds mm. here. So we'll, let's get, hit the commercial break. Top of the hour, hour two coming up. We'll discuss what we've heard so far, and we'll listen to the rest of it. Live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a Friday. Remember, tomorrow, 3 p.m., coverage of President Trump's rally. Casper, Wyoming. Real America's Voice team will be on the ground covering the president. I believe the coverage starts at 3 o'clock. The president speaks somewhere around I don't know, 6, 6.30. 3 o'clock. Lock it in, though, tomorrow. Real America's Voice for the president.
right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's got the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's got sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. So Fran sent me something on um, that is still up on the Uvalde Police Department um, Facebook page. And that of that is something from February 11th of 2020. And it's a picture that says, meet our SWAT team. And it says the Uvalde Police Department SWAT will be visiting the Uvalde Central uh, School District, Uvalde Classical Academy, and local businesses throughout the day. The purpose of the visits is to familiarize themselves with layouts of our local schools and businesses. SWAT members will be in full tactical uniforms, and we did not want the public to be alarmed when seen. We appreciate the cooperation of all schools and businesses involved. We will continue working together to make Uvalde the safest place to live. And this is on the Uvalde Police Department, posted on February 11, 2020. And you can just, um, I mean, if this is the real Uvalde Police Department page, which it's got 36,000 followers, it looks like it is. You can imagine what those... Um, what the comments underneath there are. Now, I don't know if this, maybe this, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain that. Is, 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 did this team ever come together? This Not I, come together? Right. This is what I was talking about beforehand about, you know, there's a lot of information out there. We don't know if it's real, false. I don't well, know. this is on, the, I mean, unless this is not their page, I mean, this is on their Facebook page. It looks like an official Uvalde Police Department page. It's so strange. All right, cut five. The mayor, uh, no, Colonel McGraw was asked about their training here today. Let's hear that, G. Uvalde Police Department posted in February 2020 that they familiarized themselves with the school and they did the training to do just what they were supposed to do. How come they were not in lead or their commanding officer was not in lead when they were familiarized with this training and they should have done what they were posting on Facebook they were doing? Yeah, I, I, I don't have the answer to that question. Yeah, that's not a great response. Uh, all right. <laughs> and um, yeah. no. let me, um, since that is his response, let me bring this over so people can see what I'm talking about because this is the, this is the page and this is the uh, picture. And, of course, it won't let me zoom in over here. Oh, there we go. But this mm -hmm. is. You know, this is what it says. Uvalde Police Department SWAT will be visiting. And it's got this picture. This is so strange. It is odd. But but it could be that, uh, let's face it, this is a small town, 16,000 people. They probably really didn't have a SWAT team. They probably had a collaboration with other towns, local towns, that, you know, probably put together um, a SWAT team that, you know, would... would uh, be available to multiple locations, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of because, again, you're talking about a small town, 16,000 people. Uh, and we kind of covered this last night as well in kind of stepping back because everybody was freaking out. Why didn't the cops do this? Why didn't they do that? And it was, you know, 
Paul, you remember we were, we were trying to take the emotion out of it and be like, all right, back up. You know, difficult. Let, let's difficult to do. By right. The way. It's it's difficult. I yeah. mean, you see, you see in the video, we're playing the video of the parents freaking out, trying to get in there. But if the parents run in there, they become victims. So you exactly. can't have that happen. Let's so listen it's, to the. It's, it's, there's just so much going on, as they call it, the fog of war. You know what I mean? Let's listen to the rest, and then we'll get you guys' comments on um, on Officer Tatum here. And they're going to surround the perimeter. They're going to they're going to have people armed. They got to have a green zone. So when kids are rescued from the school, they can meet up with their parents. Parents are not understanding the totality of what's going on. They're going to become casualties. You can't just not just have a you perimeter. You cannot have a you cannot not have a containment team. Because parents are running the school because they're, they're they're hyped up on adrenaline and they're going to take an L. They yes. have especially if they have any guns. And, and of course, any parent would will, will be willing to die for their children, but but they're not thinking. You know, the police officers have it covered. They're going to do the best they can. If the police officers can't penetrate into the school and take this guy out, a parent with a with a Gucci purse <laughs> is not going to have any chance whatsoever. Well, can you pause with that for it's, a second? Especially with no tactical experience. So, I I just I think he's going a little too far there, only because. A lot of the parents there are armed in Texas. So for me, like, I, I think it's, he goes a little too far because I think if... Better armed than the police were that were trying to get in? No, I didn't say that. Did I, I think I just said armed. Right. Yeah. So honestly, if I had my Benelli M4 with me and I had it jacked and loaded and I had a second clip, I just feel like I, I wouldn't be... I know I'd probably get killed, but I know that I wouldn't... I'd be irrational. I wouldn't start. I wouldn't run in with a Gucci bag. I ain't got a Gucci bag, but <laughs> I do. Um, but uh, no, you know what I mean. Like um, I have Prada. I don't have that either. Um, but no, I just think he's saying like I think he's overdoing it. A lot. I think he loses. I just wish he would be a little like I don't know. I hate when the the hyperbole like with p- parent running with a Gucci bag because they, they said that some of the parents were armed. The guys were armed, know how to use their weapons in most cases. You know, you go to the range because it's fun. Yeah, but but uh, he does make it a point. Of right course at the he beginning. does. I'm not saying no, he no, no, doesn't. No, no, no. no I'm, sa- I'm taking it back to the beginning where he talks about tactics. That's all. Of course. Right, but even of if he course. didn't say Gucci bag, even if he said whatever gun you just mentioned, yeah. do, you, do you think the parent would have had a better chance than the police officer with the same weapon? He, I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm saying, though, if I like I'm, I'm just trying to be real, like, right, like I know that I'm not prepared for this but if my kid was in there my kids were in there i don't think i would be rational i don't i i think i would make the decision i'm going into the fire because nothing's happening and i know i've always been on a proactive side of things i probably would have gotten blown away i'm not saying i wouldn't i'm not saying i'm a superhero i'm not saying i'm i'm a, I'm a fraction of a man i was i know it it sounds like you're just saying he was pressing back a little too hard on the parents i i think so you know and I, and I just, I, I, at the end of the day, this situation is so brutal and it's so hard to even talk about it. I get sick to my stomach even having, like, trying to immerse myself in what these parents were feeling because if you have an ounce of empathy, you've got a pound of it here because it's so painful to even relive and, 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 and think about. So I'm just trying to say, when he says things like the Gucci bag or whatever it is, it's like... I don't know, man. I just find it like, come on, man. You're better than that. You know, you don't have to go that far with it. And I get your point. I get you're an expert. There's no doubt 
whatsoever. If we were in battle, uh, sir, yes, sir, what to do next? Tell me what to do. I'm only saying that in that moment where I hear gunfire, I don't, I think, a, a, I just think, I don't, I know, I, I don't know. I, I really believe from the bottom of my heart I'd be irrational and I'd run in there, but I think it would be better than not going in at all. I think. Yeah. And, and I think the reason why it, the, the reason why he can offensive. he can say something like, you know, Gucci bag um is because of his experience where he 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 probably takes all the emotion out of it. You know what I mean? He's well, it probably got sound like it here. Yeah, it sound like it here. I think I think all he's simply saying is most parents who are there are not armed. I I just think that and they wanted to go in. That's what I think he's probably saying. But didn't saying. we hear though that I could have sworn the reports where they they were armed. Parents did bring their their arms. Did they not? Did we I, not read I don't, that? I don't. On? I don't know about that. I, I'm just I saying somebody either. like him comes off as he's got ice water, like antifreeze in his veins, where he can kind of compartmentalize and be like, "No, you stay there. You stay yeah, there." He seems, you know what I mean? he seems extremely emotional to me here. So, all right, let's continue. So, I know I'm a little elevated in my tone, yeah, there but we go. I'm very frustrated with people just coming out and saying on a video. Not even full context, no evidence, but a video. I agree with everything he's saying. That you see, and, and, you, and you're hyped up and saying that these cops were, were cowards. No, they were not. Hey. See, I don't believe that either. I see. But I know, I know some people, I know some people too. And, you know, you need to know the information before you put it out there. Let's see. That means I'm looking at the comments. They were they weren't equipped, man. This is not it's not a, it's not it's not a fantasy world. Every police department don't are not equipped for nothing like that. This is a town of sixteen thousand people. They probably have never had a shooting in the history of that city that town. You know they weren't they were not ready, and, it, and it's not their fault. They don't have this. If this would have happened in Dallas, Texas, it wouldn't have lasted longer than 15 minutes. If this would have happened in, in Phoenix, Arizona, if this would have happened in Tucson, Mesa, any 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 heavily populated area, this wouldn't have lasted longer than 15 minutes from start to finish. And why do you say that, Mr. Tatum? Because they have so many more resources. When in Tucson, we had we got we got like four agencies. First of all, we had the biggest SWAT team. Period. So our SWAT team alone, we got the BAT, which is the big ballistic vehicle that can take rifle rounds, can take 50 cal rounds, can take grenades. We had the BAT. We had armored vehicles. We had a full tactical SWAT team that could respond within to anywhere in the city within about 10 minutes. We had Arwins, Ram, we had rifles, explosives, uh, flashbangs. We got, we got it all. We would have went into the school, we threw a couple flashbangs in there. That dude would have been dead in start to finish, probably 15 minutes. You're talking about Uvalde in the middle of nowhere. You got agencies, you got people coming from an hour away. You got people. You got tactical people responding for seventy miles away. 
70 miles away. Like, you got to understand how chaotic this was, ladies and gentlemen. But I know the, the people who are smart or the people who are at least willing to look at knowledge, they, they'll get it. All right, so let's stop. Let's stop it there. What do you think about that, Rick? Yeah, I mean, and we and I think we covered some of this last night of, of you know it being a small town. We cared we compared it to New York City. It's like New York City's well prepared for something like this. You know, a small town like that would never totally unprepared. No matter how much training you do, they've never probably seen live fire like that coming at them. Well, so he makes some great train. points like that. But they did, but they did train for it on February twentieth. Well, February 20th, they posted a picture of a supposed Uvalde Police Department SWAT team. Just yeah. wonder if they... But when clearly, they, were, they weren't there because... Two years whole, earlier, yeah. To me, the whole thing you take away from this is the time constraints of everybody who needed to be there and where they were coming from. It yeah. didn't sound like they had a SWAT team that was no. in town. What, it t- what wow. I took from it is how undermanned and, and how undergeared this police department was, which is shocking to me. It's shocking to me there was no body armor for these guys. It's shocking to me. Yeah, there's no shield. No shields, big time. Yeah, I mean, you would think no matter how small the town is, how do they have none of that? Flashbangs? Hi, live from Studio 6B. Crazy Town is this English. We'll change it up. A couple things, good things coming up. We'll do a little more sports, a little more news right after this. Live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour. Let's talk about inflation here for a second because we got some information this morning. Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, which is the Federal Reserve's um, favorite inflation measure, rose 4.9% from a year ago in April, which was pretty much in line with estimates, actually. They wanted to make sure it was under 5, and it was. Which, again, feeds to the story that maybe maybe we have seen inflation peak doesn't mean it's not still hanging around uh but maybe maybe it's peaked we get the real cpi consumer price index number i believe in about two weeks and the fed of course their next meeting is coming up as well where we expect a half point rate increase so through all this what do you do to protect your hard-earned savings? Well, as I've been telling you, one of the one of the options is to consider physical gold and silver. And the folks to talk to there are our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold, they're experts in precious metals and A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. So get the facts. Here's how you get started. Text the word America. That's right. Take out your mobile phone. Text the word America and send it to 989898. Just text it out. America, send it to 989898 and hit send. You'll get your free information kit from our friends at Birch Gold Group with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. They've made it super easy. Just text the word America. Send it to 989898, and our friends from Birch Gold Group will give you a free information kit, get you started. You can find out your options and how to protect your savings 
physical gold and silver, text America to 989898 and find out today how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings. All right, live from Studio 6B. That CPI will be an important number, obviously, coming up. We'd like to see something with a 7 in front of it in a couple of weeks. Obviously, that would be a huge, huge uh, deal. It still has an 8. Boy, I don't know. We got some rough times still ahead. Um, all right, before we do sports, let's do Is This English? <laughs> Haven't done one in a while. And Gio says this, could, this one could shoot right to the top of the charts. <laughs> if there was a – you know how you go to Apple Charts and – Check the country music charts, whatever's number one. If we had a charts for is this English, Geo says this could debut at number one, if not wow. get there pretty quickly. Wow. All right. So is I don't know what episode this is. Let's call it 15. Is this English episode 15? Roll it, G. Great trust and great faith. Young man with me today. Carrying the time to football. What? Carrying and Tom play football? <laughs> wait a sec. You got to replay that. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that once. Do you have an auto generator for the captions? It. That's the first time I've seen it. Seriously, do you have the auto generator for captions? If so, let's see what it thinks. I didn't run it through that, but what I came up with was Young went, you man with me today carrying the Tom the football. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. that's easy for you to say. Uh, one more well, time. Of course. One more time, G. I'm actually, I think I'm almost speechless. I'm almost speechless. Roll that As one more time. As is Biden. Great trust and great faith. Got it. Young man with me today. Carrying the time to football. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait. Young went you man today. Uh, hieroglyphics to me. Young, young. <laughs> Wait a sec. Maybe he's speaking in code to the yeah. CIA. Yes. Young went you man. About the nuclear football. With me today. <laughs> but young not man football. with. Maybe he's talking about, uh, I don't know. Wait, I, don't know. I think I have an idea what he oh. was trying to say. Okay. Oh, what was he trying to say? Friend. And, and I hate that I can figure this out from having listened to him so much. But <laughs> I think he was saying having great faith in the men there today for in being able to carry the atomic football. Oh, my God. Okay, G? He speaks Biden. G? Biden France speaks Biden. One more time, friend. Say it again. Great faith in the men there today to carry the atomic football. Hit it, G. <laughs> great trust and great faith. Young man with me today. Carrying the time to football. I don't know. Carrying the time to football. Just because it sounds like it, Fran, I don't think that's it. I don't know, Fran. It's, they mean, sound I, like words. Maybe that's what he was trying to say. <laughs> I mean, I literally have he no idea. He might have been trying to say, somebody wiped my bottom, it's full of pudding. Right. <laughs> you never know what it is. Wow. I have no idea. No idea. I'll think about it, though, as we do sports. And here with that is Slick Rick. What's going on, Slick Rick? Speaking of football, uh, Tom Brady sinks hole-in-one ahead of the match. Josh Allen calls bull. Anyway, next week marks the sixth installment of the match and Brady's third appearance. Bolina Dodge, Fox News. 
Tom Brady is doing his part to get inside the heads of NFL quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen ahead of next week's charity golf event where they'll take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback and partner Aaron Rodgers. Brady shared a video of himself on Twitter on Wednesday showing him sinking a hole in one while practicing ahead of this year's edition of the match at the Win Las Vegas on June 1st. Mahomes gave Brady credit for what he called a pretty impressive shot, but teammate Josh Allen called it BS. Uh, Allen said he <laughs> expects Rodgers will be on top of his trash talking while Brady may run out of jokes from his script from his team. The match is a 12-hole charity golf event airing on TNT. According to the Bills, the event has raised $33 million and donated 12 million meals to Feeding America since its installment in 2018. So they're doing good, they're doing good causes and good things there, but uh, that should be a lot of fun, especially with the four quarterbacks. Nobody can talk trash. Well, basketball is pretty good, Maybe too. Maybe Biden was talking about watching this match. Tom, he said Tom. Right. Tom he said with football. the football. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Could. he's talking about watching the match. I'm, said, call, I'm, I'm calling BS. Maybe he was inviting all the graduates to come over and watch Tom with the football. <laughs> Could be that, too. Could have been with me today. Carrying the Tom the football. Yeah, it could be Tom with the football. You're yeah, carrying Tom, Karen, Tom, Karen, with, Tom the football. Tom the football at the win in Vegas. Maybe it's a deflate gate <laughs> reference. Yeah. Ooh, could, could be that. Could be that. Oh, okay. yes, exactly. Back in the day. All right, what else in sports? All right, Jake Paul promotion wants an ex-NBA player, Glenn Big Baby Davis, for August boxing card. Uh, sources confirm. This is Mark Raimonde from ESPN. Jake Paul, the YouTube star turned prize fighter, is targeting Glenn Big Baby Davis. Remember Big Baby D on the Celtics for a life, uh, for a fight on his next boxing card? Yeah, he they kick him out of the seats <laughs> at the garden when he goes into the wrong. Did you see the video of him He's sitting in the wrong seats at the garden? They ask him to leave. He can't even. He can't even get out his own way. He anyway. can't even get any respect at the place he used to play. Hey, I tell you. Anyway, yeah. Davis, 36, played in the NBA for nine seasons, most recently in 2014-15 with the LA Clippers. He weighs over 300 pounds, big D. And Paul's team with most valuable promotions is currently in search of an opponent for him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> MVP specifically is looking for someone from the world of pro wrestling to fight Davis with the hope of finding a former heavyweight WWE star. According to sources, the fight card is planned for August 13th. Mark your count. This, uh, Paul uh, fought most recently last December, getting a knockout win over former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley. And uh, Paul's August opponent has yet to be decided. So, Glenn, big baby Davis, big D. I don't know. Maybe he'll go three rounds shooting those threes. But uh, that should be awfully interesting if, if that does come to pass. Uh, and that's a wrap in sports. I got <laughs> no, a little. Why, why do you, I'm just interested why you say that. What's interesting about it? Oh, hey, big guy like that getting in the ring, 300 pounds. It's not often a 300 pounds that gets in the ring. So I'd like to see him. Maybe Butterbean will come out of retirement, give him a little run for his money. He's probably still pulling about 350. So you'll have combined weight in the ring of 750. <laughs> exactly. To watch him throw two punches and then be out of breath. That'll be a super heavyweight bout. Um, absolutely. And uh, got a little update on Colin Kaepernick impressing the Raiders in a workout. Not that we really want to hear about that, but uh, it could be that that guy may be back in the NFL sooner than we think, which is absolutely remarkable. He's been out since 2016. Incredible. Well, maybe he showed that he has an idea of throwing the football to the guys wearing the same jersey. Ooh, dig at David Carr. So. A dig on David Carr. Could be good. <laughs> no, it's a dig on him. Last time he was in the NFL. Yeah. I live from Studio 6B on a Friday. More news when we get back. Crazy Town coming up. Great trust and great faith. Young man with me today. Carrying the time to football.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, hour two, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a Friday night. Crazy Town's coming up. The Whisperer-in-Chief is, well, off the rails at the Naval graduation. <laughs> that should be good. Look forward to that coming up here in a second. But let's start. Let's do some news with Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? You know, we uh, we played beta of Rook. Um, and, you know, these grandstanding, these people taking these moments. So from Yahoo News, Meghan Markle, Duchess of Sussex, uh, paid a visit to the memorial for the victims of the school shooting in Valde, Texas, on Thursday afternoon. Accompanied by a bodyguard wearing a baseball cap and T-shirt. Uh, she looked down uh, at the crosses to memorials, the 19 children and the two teachers, ignoring calls from reporters as she placed white roses, 19 of which, um, and a purple ribbon, ribbon for the uh, you know, for the children, including Zia Garcia. Um, uh, you know, so, again, like I think that um, you know, this is such a... A brutal story, and I and I feel like this is a person, another example of a person trying to, um, I don't know, man, make it about them. Yeah. So many mm-hmm. of these, forgive yeah. me, but there's so many tragedies, and uh, whatever gets high profile, people like this take advantage of it, and I just find it abhorrent. I just, I'm sorry, I, uh, you cannot. I'm, I just, uh, I think people like this are disgusting. So forgive me for saying that. If you guys want to comment on that, I'm curious your opinions. You think she's using this as a chance um, for? Yeah, a, I can't. A, I can't. I can't. Um, you, I don't know. I can't get into her heart and how she feels, and if it's to say that she's thinking, "Ooh, let me get some time." She certainly gets enough time in front of the camera if she needs it. But I hear what you're saying. To me, Beto O'Rourke is a clear. I mean, there's no, there's no even question about that. I would love to get the social media responses. I wonder what people think because I know I'm a. I could be a jaded. POS. When it comes to well, the, well, let's, no. well, let's put it this way: Has Meghan Markle ever been? Go- has she gone to Chicago to no. talk about all? No. The, I mean, no. has she gone she to uh, San Francisco? I no. mean, she lives no. out in what California, right? With uh, what's his name there, Harry? Yeah, Harry. she didn't go to Waukesha. No, she, I don't think she said anything about the shooting right there in California where she lives. Yeah, no, those right. Asian, so, yeah, to me, I can come at it from that angle. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of these. I uh I don't want to you know again like I don't want to overdo it with my cynicism on this sort of thing. These people I find I just think that they are the dregs of society and they think they're important and they're not. They're the opposite of important. They're disgusting in my opinion. Uh, so forgive yeah. me for a. Uh, and then this Sunday you've got the president and first lady heading down to Uvalde to make their presence known. It's yep. probably going to be the closest uh, they've been to the border. Yeah. Which is surprising. Huh? Good point. This is really, you know. Yeah, it will be the. Clo- it probably will be the closest he's ever been to the border. There. Well, well, yeah. on the other circumstance, that'd be a, a funny joke, but it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it's not meant to be a joke. It's I know. Meant what's to going point on. out the hypocrisy. Right. Yeah, exactly. What's going on to children there? It's a great. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Uvalde is the very same border town where Ben Burkwam was in that ride along where they uh, stopped a drug bus. Yes, it was. Geez. Yes. And do you remember we saw the parent yesterday, the That's heartbroken right. parent that was almost impossible to watch without yeah. tearing up. I, um, you know, he mentioned the border. You know, he mentioned he mentioned that how these cops are. Let's say it's surprising these cops are unarmed with so much MS-13 and, and. Yeah, I believe he was saying not only border issues they have to worry about, but bailouts as yeah. well. So he said all the parents are kind of always on edge. Yeah, and that the the border issue has made um, the town that much worse because the, the you know they've and that and that's why I guess they've been doing a lot more of these school uh, you know uh, shooting drills that evidently they didn't do correctly 
when they needed to uh, because of all the the recent uh, you know uptick in the illegals running through their running through their small town. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, to, to the original point of his story, all, all, all these, you know, all, all these are all, all these people who are speaking out, making all these hot takes we're getting from all these talking heads on you know guns and and, and Second Amendment and crime and protecting children. I mean, we we know the hypocrisy from all of them. When it comes to all of this, because if well, go ahead. Here's a story from Breitbart. If I could just build on this, Hollywood celebrities capitalize on Texas school shooting. F blank blank K the the GOP and their obsession with guns, as it's titled. And uh, celebrities have wasted little time capitalizing on school shootings um, on Tuesday, urging voters, lawmakers to support more gun control, while also blaming the shooting on Republicans and other supporters of the Second Amendment rights. Celebrities as Alyssa Milano, Rob Reiner, Elizabeth Banks, Bette Midler, Piper Parabu, never heard of that, Stephen King, <laughs> who I thought died 17 years ago. Um, they're saying F the GOP. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that it's uh, when you step in the voting booth uh, this fall, vote for gun control, Stephen King. Uh, lawmakers must, you know, restrict whoever Parabu is, whatever that thing is. Um, it's... Uh, you know, Alyssa Milano, as always, is being a psycho. So- it's, it's very clear, if, if you haven't noticed it already, if they haven't f- made it full-fledged out in, f- in the open, they're going to turn this in. They've already started to. I guess they're maybe still trying to be somewhat careful. But they're going to, as the days go by, this will become a full-fledged um, election push from the Democrats. This is, this is how they get over Biden's disastrous polling numbers. It's going to be abortion, and it's going to be this. This is going to be how they rouse the base. This is, this is how they are going to look at having a chance in the midterms. So who was that that said it? Stephen King, when you go in the voting booth. You're going to be hearing that from Chuck Schumer and Pelosi and every, all of them almost immediately, probably pretty soon. Yeah. It'll be the rallying cry. And what's surprising is that the kids uh, will be, I'm sorry, Rick, the kids will be forgotten here in about another two weeks. The families will be forgotten about another two weeks and the incident and your guns will, will be the rallying cry for the election coming up. Yeah. And and like you said, Evaldi, they've already forgotten about the kids. They don't care about the kids. They need the number. They they love having that as the number because that's going to fill the narrative. But it's about the guns. We got to get the guns. We got to get the guns. The GOP is evil. Uh, What happened with Buffalo? They haven't really talked about the guns. They talked about the white guy, the white supremacy. It's white supremacy. What happened in Brooklyn? Ah, we don't talk about that. Wrong narrative. Can't mention it. What happened in California? Can't talk about that. Wrong narrative. Mm. What happened in Wisconsin? Can't talk about that. Wrong narrative. What happens in Chicago every day? Can't talk about it. Wrong narrative. But we got a narrative here. We got kids, so we'll focus on the guns. And we've got the white guy in Buffalo, white supremacy. So we got our two big things that they love to talk about. There's a couple interesting things coming out of Buffalo we'll talk about. But let's get to Crazy Town right now. The Whisper in Chief at the Naval Graduation, roll it, Chief. Hello, Naval Academy. Whoa. <laughs> They're excited. What a, what an applause. <laughs> Before I began oh my, my speech, a thought crossed my mind. Yeah. I was appointed to the academy 
What? 1965. Here we go. Five. By fact check. Senator False. who I was running against in 1972. <laughs> Never planned it that way. I was, wasn't old enough to be sworn in. I was only 29 years old when I was running. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star, oh. so I went to Delaware. When I couldn't play football anymore, I played rugby in law school. Oh, I should have spent more time in law shirt. school. But anyway, ball kidding aside, the rugby best line player. of the debate the was Naval after it was all over, the announcer, the questioner, who was a good guy but supported my opponent, who was a good man as well, I might add. And he said, Senator Boggs, you have anything else you want to say? And he said, yes, just one thing. And he took the microphone. He said, you know, Joe, if you accepted my commission to the academy, my appointment to the academy, he said, you'd still have one year and three months active duty and I'd have no problems right now. <laughs> well, God, you guys too. must be very proud of all you've seen and done. So many wins, you ran out of room on that flagpole, man. Look, this is the class of midshipman, Diego uh, Fago, who uh, wasn't expecting that snap what? in this year's Army-Navy game. But once he got the ball, he knew what the hell to do with it, didn't he? You won the game. You won the game. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan uh, over 40, I think 38 times. <laughs> By okay, the way, once you're commissioned, yeah. remember, I'm your commander-in-chief. What? So don't ask me too tough a question, okay? <laughs> Look. <laughs> and I know. <laughs> Look. <laughs> unlike me. Look, what? <laughs> when I graduated from University of Delaware, I had a few, thank you, I had a few minor infractions. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> like hosing down an RA and a, anyway. Uh, it's, uh, we didn't have the same tradition you have here. What? So before I take care of you, let's not forget. Back that up. This is also the class that also got rowdy during the Air Force Week and plebe year. And they're still trying to clean the chocolate syrup off the ceiling in King Hall. Anyone wants to fess up to getting the printer onto the chapel dome, now's your moment. No one's going to admit it. Okay. I hereby absolve all those serving restrictions for minor infractions. You are absolved. And I, as I said, I wish all my graduation speakers would be able to do that. <laughs> you all think I'm kidding. I'm not. The Academy <laughs> has trained you to be leaders. Easy word to throw around, but hard to accomplish. When you had to take your classes over June, Zoom, I should say, <laughs> studying in your uniforms and mesh shorts. Oh, I figured that. But the next 10 years will be the decisive decade of this century. And that is not hyperbole. That's what you're graduating into. Where America leads not only by the example of its power, but the power of its example. <laughs> Think of why most nations agree to support us. It's example. It's example, we said. Example? The actions taken by Putin oh. were attempt to, to use my phrase, to findalize all huh? of Europe. What word? To make, make it all world? neutral. Findalize? Instead, he NATOized all of Europe. Findalize? I gotta look that up. Did anybody think when I call for sanctions 
against Russia, that in addition to NATO, that Australia, no Japan, North Korea, some of the ASEAN countries <laughs> stand up <laughs> and support those sanctions. South, South. And I will note, in my comments, I've met more with Xi Jinping than any other world leader. Oh, yeah. The Himalayas, here we Where? go. Here we go. When he called me to congratulate me. And hunt the second election. Possibilities, watch. He said to me, which he said is. many times before, he said, democracies cannot be sustained in the 21st century. Autocracies will run the world. Why? Things are changing so rapidly. Democracies require consensus, and it takes time. And you don't have the time. What about republics? Yeah. He's wrong. Change rapidly. He's already Each eight? of you, as you've gone in the world, will not only be a proud member of the armed forces of the United States of America, you'll be representatives and defenders of our democracy. Sounds corny, but literally our democracy. Young man with me today. There it is. Carrying the time to football. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm your commander in chief. Findalize? What is Findalize? I don't know. Maybe that's what he did. Maybe that's what he did. Who's going to wipe off your sanctions? Old North Korea would come along. I'm going to Findalize that football. Say he hosed down an RA at yes, the Naval he, yeah, Academy or something? Yeah, and then he said, there? never mind, forget about it. He doesn't want you thinking about it. I thought he said cozying down with an RA. No, he said he hosed he down. Then who did he findalize? Because that sounds terrible. Well, no, Paul did a little research. So. Yeah, okay. Findalize is a word. So it okay. is, uh, there we go. it's a verb. So let's um, take it back, Steve. Induce we were... a country to favor or refrain from opposing the interest of a more powerful country despite not being politically allied okay, to Okay, so see, in the end, we're really the, we're so really the true dummies. So it's not Finlandized? I think it's, it's Finlandized. Finlandized. Right. Yeah, he said Findalize. Findalize. <laughs> well, well Simon, come on here. So That's he didn't get the word right. That's pretty good for him. Yeah, we know what he meant, G. Why are you always attacking the guy? <laughs> Young went you man with me today carrying the Tom the football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what he just said. Yeah. It sounds like a form of buggery. <laughs> Findalize. Ho- I'm your president. I hosed down the... Man, I'm your commander-in-chief. Now with sports. Slick Rick. You know what? He sounds like he's practicing for when he's a ghost. <laughs> I swear, most mentioned Stephen King. He really looks he like looks the, like one. <laughs> he really looks like the guy who brings bad news in a Stephen King movie. You're all gonna die. <laughs> Maybe he's already got one foot halfway in, and that's why he keeps shaking hands with invisible people. Yeah, oh, he's very act- possible. Actually, Could when be. we don't see him, he's haunting houses. <laughs> yeah, the White House yeah, for starters. The White House. Right? Yeah. Rick. Get he out. is the ghost in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He Lincolnized it. It's right. 
Oh, good God. God. Oh, good gravy. <laughs> I mean, that was just full of just men. Oh, men. He literally faded in and out of consciousness a few times during that speech. <laughs> Right, if there, if there was like an EKG, it would have been like a flat line. <laughs> but he's back up to 38 beats a minute. <laughs> no, stop. That's right, why he's holding on to the podium. They've got him wired in, so it's like, uh oh, hey, he, by he the stopped. way, you promised me I could see Sli- uh, Rick Delgado's What Even Is That from earlier in the week. Commander in Chief. Oh, yeah, I'll send it to you. I wonder uh, if that's why this Harvard poll. Commander in Chief. <laughs> Please do the news in his whisper voice. The Harvard Harris finds that 47% of Americans believe that Joe Biden is mentally fit to serve as Wait, president of the United States. Wait, how many? How many percent? 47, with 53% having doubts about his fitness for office. So I want to know who these 47 are. We, they should, we, should, we should send them that crazy test. Right. We should have a cognitive test on the people... Making this joke. Who take that test? Among independents, those numbers are 39, 61% feel he is not this up is for it. This is from where? Harvard? Harvard Harris. I best they, they just picked the staff at Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> it also finds that 62% of Americans believe that Joe Biden is showing, quote unquote, that he is too old to be president, with 38% believing otherwise. Well, I mean, just no one. I mean, I don't even know why I report on these things. They're so stupid. No one believes that. There's not 38 percent of people who think that he's cognitively up to the job. It's not possible. No, <laughs> it's not possible. I don't care how ideologically attached at the hip you are with him, how much of a communist you are. You can't listen to him and say he's up for the job. You know what I should do on my get a page? I should do. He just said should... he hosed down an RA. We should all do a poll. We should do a poll. Is Biden in, in in cognitive decline on true social and getter. It'll be ninety nine percent. I know, but that's the same thing with Harvard doing it there, and it's fifty percent. Think about how like they're the polar opposite of here. It just shows you don't have to be that bright. Obviously, still to I mean, speaking yeah, of being be bright, you don't have to be bright to be a mainstream host on MSNBC either. Cut twelve G here. Listen. Now, just listen to this argument. I never understood this. Go ahead. Roll it. Good evening, everyone. We begin the readout tonight with Republicans just tying themselves into pretzels to point the finger at every single thing but the problem, the gun. In the wake of the murders of 19 fourth graders and two of their teachers in Uvalde, Texas, from mental health to arming teachers to more armed law enforcement in schools, every single thing except making it harder to buy weapons of war. Now, I'd like you to think about that, because this whole conversation defies logic. And you know what? It's actually insulting. But you know what? You know what? In fairness, let's just take a moment to step back and think about each of their arguments and whether that is the environment that you want or that they'd want for their children. Let's start with mental health. As far as we know, there was no mental health issue with the individual who stole the futures of 19 children in Uvalde, Texas. Okay, so stop it. Yeah. Other than other than, other than shooting your grandmother in the face and all of the shooting at two people at a funeral home, killing 19 in a school, there's no signs of mental there's <laughs> no, no signs, no, Joey no. Reed says. So I would like to ask something here, right? We know that algorithms and social media and our computer history can tell a lot about a person. That's a fair statement, correct? They know how to market to you, they know how to advertise to you. Why don't we open up, why don't we bring in like, you know, forensic studies who will come in and let us know exactly what his profile told us about him. 
Let's have that as an open source where we can see what drove this kid and let's learn from it, but share it with everybody so parents can see what signs are out there. I mean, if I'm not the, mistaken, the FBI is doing that and we'll uh, And they'll some never of that. share it with us. Well, they say they will, but we'll see, I guess. Well, I mean, there's already reports, too, that he was very aggressive, that he got yeah. into yeah. fights. He was boxing in public places and challenging people that would come up to him. Right. He so, actually yeah. walked around with boxing gloves on his shoulder and would challenge people in the parking lot of the Wendy's that he worked in. Wow. Yeah, they said he was, he was a hostile inst- like, you know, on an instant. Very and, aggressive, yes. And let's just remember again to, to her argument, <laughs> he passed a background check. He passed... A background check. He went unencumbered into the school for 12 minutes. So what would have helped the situation more? More background checks or somebody there to shoot him when he approached the school? The background check only checked to see if he had a felony and could legally own a gun. It doesn't check if he had mental issues, aggression issues, or if he suddenly snapped that day. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a a psychological profile done by by a a, a therapist. Right, but but what I'm saying is background checks. We need universal, Steve Kerr, universal background checks. Why don't we get 50 senators holding us hostage? Background checks, background checks. We've had universal background checks. We have universal background checks. It would not have stopped this, clearly. I mean, if you're, if you're hell-bent on killing, I mean, you're not going to, oh, that sign is very large that says gun-free zone. I can't do this yeah. there. Mm. Um, yeah, let me, let me think this. Wow, yeah. maybe I should go into the police station and do it. Well, I mean, really? The criminal's going to change his behavior to be the psychopath? This, I don't know. Um, any other sports, Rick, before we wrap it up? Yeah, Big D, real quick. Uh, the 106th uh, Indianapolis 500 will take place on Sunday. 12.45 is the green flag Eastern time for the uh, the Big Indy. And uh, the race is 200 laps, 500 miles around. And they're expecting a crowd of 300,000, which they haven't seen since back in 2016. And we also have the NCAA Division One Lacrosse Championships. They'll be tomorrow. Rutgers takes on number seven, Cornell, at noon. And number one, Maryland, your favorite team, Big D, take on number five, Princeton, at 2.30 p.m., that'll be in the uh, Rentschler Field in East Hartford, Connecticut. I imagine, Big D, you've been there before. I have. Up there. Yeah. Yep. So it should be a lot of fun, and uh, those young men will do well. And we also have the young ladies. The softball bracket continues. Oklahoma Super Regional. We have the uh, uh, Duke and uh, UCLA playing in the uh, Northwestern and Arizona State as well uh, in the Oklahoma Super and uh, Virginia Tech Super Regional. It continues on. you got 16 teams left. It'll whittle down to eight. So essentially the final four of women's softball. Fantastic. Fantastic competition. You get a chance. Tune into ESPN over the weekend. You'll love it. The girls are fantastic. All right, thanks, Rick. I didn't have a chance to get to this, but as Daniel Horowitz said, 100% of school shootings in recent years have taken place where everyone except for the attacker was barred from being armed with a gun or rifle. The time has come to ban the ban on guns at school. All right, as always, great week. Thanks, everybody. Tough week. Our hearts and prayers are obviously are still with all these families and the police officers and everybody involved. It's a horrific situation. Uh, As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, and all first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience, for another great week. We'll see you on Tuesday. We're off Monday for Memorial Day. We'll see you Tuesday night. And make sure you tune in tomorrow to see the president at 3 p.m. Right here at Real America's Voice. We'll see you Tuesday night.